right, welcome in and welcome back to the Running Hoops Podcast, brought to you by Super Chicks, the home of the last true chicken sandwich. Spice up your fall with one of their delicious hot sandwiches. There's the Buffalo Ranch and the Nashville Hot, to name a few. Doesn't that sound good? Visit their website for their menu and locations at superchicks.com. And remember, it's chicks with an X.com. On today's episode, Brandon Carlson is back. He joins me to talk about how his offseason went, how things are looking for the season so far, and we'll have a pretty cool announcement as well. I want to remind you that you can support the show at Running Hoops on Venmo, and you can follow me on Twitter at Running Hoops as well. I've got a lot of content coming this season that if you're a Utah basketball fan, you won't want to miss. Before we get to Brandon, I wanted to mention a couple of things really quickly here. Dennis Dodd, who has in a lot of ways been the Big 12's mouthpiece on a lot of the expansion talk slash demise of the Pac-12, has yet another article out predicting that, essentially. Basically, the article says that the Big 10 will take Cal, Stanford, Washington, and Oregon if they can land some kind of deal with Amazon, which would then lead the Big 12 to take Utah, Colorado, Arizona, and Arizona State, and then Oregon State and Washington State would be left out and probably have to go to the Mountain West Conference. I don't think any of this is new information. The content of the article was essentially the same as the one that he put out in the middle of the summer, but you'll notice that one of these articles comes up every time George Klyovkov speaks, as he did on the Wilner and Kenzano podcast last week. I'm not sure it means anything significant as of right now, but clearly there are things going on behind the scenes, and it's really a question of which thing happens first. Now, there have been whispers about ESPN and the league being hundreds of millions apart, but I'm not sure how substantiated or sourced those particular articles are. But the bottom line here is that If George Klyovkov wants to keep his league together, he needs to start making moves and being proactive. Obviously, the TV deal is a huge part of this, but absent the TV deal, stepping in and getting pen to paper on some kind of ACC alliance that has more teeth than the previous alliance did would be a start. And I don't know if you all saw this, but the Big Ten ACC Challenge and the Big 12 SEC Challenge announced all of their TV times For those matchups and those types of things organized and promoted by the network that has your TV deal always get preferential treatment when it comes to scheduling, which is one of the things that we've talked about with the Pac-12 in the last couple of seasons. Like all of these other leagues get their game scheduled and then it's like, oh, hey, Utah plays Colorado at nine o'clock on a Thursday night on ESPNU. Enjoy that. So again, if you're the Pac-12, you've got to find some way to get that preferential treatment as well. In any event, I wouldn't say that any of the information is new, but again, it keeps getting put out there. So if you're the Pac-12, if you're George Klyovkov, or if you're Utah and Mark Harlan, don't let somebody else shape the perception of you. Go out there and get something done. Okay, so this is kind of interesting as well. I saw that Arkansas and Texas will be playing a game for charity on October 29th. Likewise, Colorado and Nebraska are running it back 
in an exhibition that they're playing on October 30th. I think Utah needs to do this, especially if they're not going to schedule Utah State for a couple years for like a real game, which I totally understand, right? Craig's got some guys there. Then play them for charity in the preseason with nothing on the line, right? It doesn't count towards your net ranking or anything, and the proceeds could go to a good cause. I know you're listening up there at the facility, and you know I'm right. So let's see this happen in the future. All right, one more thing. Andy Katz has put out his Katz Power 36, the top 36 teams in college basketball. I'm not entirely sure why we're, why we're doing these weird numbers, but we've got the Rothstein 45, the Katz Power 36, but I digress. In his Power 36, he's got UCLA at number 4, TCU at number 8, USC at 23, and Arizona at 31, which is as low as I've seen the Wildcats ranked. And then Oregon fell into a under-consideration bucket. Now, the running Utes get all of these teams at home this year in the John M. Huntsman Center. So again, certainly some opportunities for them to play some big teams. Sorry, they don't get TCU at home. They get TCU at Vivint Arena. Nevertheless, this was funny. So Utah's SID tweeted out that Utah plays four of the top 36 in this Andy Katz Power 36. And friend of the podcast, Ute Buntu, astutely pointed out that three of those games are league games that the teams are required to play. But it was a nice try of trying to kind of pump up that schedule. That is for sure. All right, Brandon Carlson, when we come back right after these words from one of our sponsors. Hey, everyone. Are you so excited for the upcoming running Ute season that you can't sleep? Or is it that your pillow just isn't great? Well, I've got the solution. Pillow Fight. Pillow Fight helps you invest in your rest. Their premium pillows and bedding products will change your life without emptying your wallet. Go to pillow-fight.com today to check them out and enter the promo code RUNNINHOOPS, all one word, at checkout for 20%. That's right, 20% off your first purchase. Again, that website is pillow-fight.com. That's right. My next guest is the man in the middle for the running Utes. He was Utah's leading scorer a year ago, making his triumphant return to the podcast, center Brandon Carlson. Brandon, thank you for joining me. Well, thanks for having me, Andrew. So before we get into things, Brandon and I are pleased to announce that he will be actually joining the podcast all season long, once every couple weeks, to give us his thoughts and insights on how things are going this season. And this is an NIL deal. So it's all above board for those wondering out there. So Brandon, welcome to the podcast for the entire season. I'm really looking forward to doing this every few weeks. Uh, thank you. I'm, I'm really excited thank you for the opportunity to, to be here. You know, I'm, I'm just looking forward to, you know, obviously get the season started and to be, you know, meeting with you regularly. Yeah, I think it'll be a lot of fun. So I think the number one question for you heading into this season is, how's your health? Are you good to go? Are you? Did you get all that stuff behind you? Yeah, no, I mean, I've been, I've been, I mean, I don't want to say anything right now, like, knock <laughs> on wood, but, you know, the summer's been great for me, you know, no injuries, like, I mean, some minor, like, cuts and bruises here and there, but other than that, things have been great, so, 
But like I said, yeah, knock on wood. So, but yeah, no, things are going well. That's awesome to hear. How frustrating was that for you last year? I feel like every time that you got going, something would happen and it just, and it really impacted the, the whole season for everybody. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was obviously frustrating with just all the small things and big things that came around, but you know, it's just, can't, you gotta control what you can control. And that was something that I obviously couldn't control that much. And so besides like my attitude when it would come. So it was frustrating, but you know, uh, hopefully the worst is out of the way now. Can't get, obviously can't get appendicitis again. That's right. There, so it should be should be in the clear for that. Yeah, it's, uh, the old Larry, the old Larryism. Control the controllables. That's good. So, how was your off season? No, it was good. You know, well, uh, we got like a we had a good break in May. You know, went on a little vacation to Cancun with the wife, and then went on a, a cruise in the August little break with my family. So I had some good off time like that. But then you know, the off season itself, with basketball wise, was was great as well. Um, summer summer workouts are good. The whole team was here, was able to work out with with all of them, get to know everyone, start getting that that chemistry going. And yeah, everything went well. Uh, just been spending a lot of time in the gym, and yeah, so things things were been going good. What was the best thing that you did this off season? What was the most fun thing? You went to you went to Mexico. You went on the cruise. Did you do any like excursions or any cool things like that? Yeah, so on we were in Cancun. We we went and did like. And it, I can't remember what it was called. It's something like something adventure. So it was like just zip lining through the forest there. Um, and then in, and on the cruise, we went to, uh, we went to Honduras, Belize, and Cozumel. And on those that we did, one just like a, a beach day. The other one was swimming with dolphins. So that was a lot of fun. And then the other one got actually got canceled because it was the weather was crazy. And the streets were all flooding there, so we couldn't. We weren't allowed to leave. We actually just left to Cozumel early that day from there because it was just the weather was there was just floods everywhere. So we just stayed on the boat that day. Were you under any instructions from Coach Smith to participate as much as you could in the all you can eat buffets on the uh, cruise ship? Uh, not from not from Coach Smith, <laughs> but definitely from our strength coach, so Coach O. Coach Hagen. He was he was just like, yeah. He's like, I don't even. It's like, honestly, do a little bit of workout, but just, just eat. Just spend your time eating. There so you go. I spent a little bit too much time on these uh, on those, <laughs> those buffets. So other than getting away, getting some rest, you know, what was your biggest priority for you this offseason? My biggest priority was my weight. You know, I think it still is. I'm shot, like, right now, I'm at 225. And my goal is right now, we're trying to get up to 2.30 before the season starts. And so that's just been my biggest thing was gaining all the weight I lost from COVID and appendicitis just back. Because um, last year I started the season at 2.15. And then I lost about 10 to 15 pounds from COVID and appendicitis in the middle of the season, which just, you know, messed with me a lot. And so, you know, now I'm back up and even more than I was last year. So hopefully I can just keep keep going with that so that's been like my biggest that's obviously just been the biggest focus for me with this off season and just trying to get back to my body to where it was so how tough is that when you when you're going through now you're you're into your season practice schedule pretty much right like you're so you're doing all that running and and stuff how how difficult is that to put on those extra you know four or five pounds that you need to to get to that ideal weight for the season. It's it's a weird mix of right 
right now it's a weird mix of it being easier and harder because we're working our bodies harder so we're obviously burning more calories and stuff like that but because we're working so much i can eat a little bit more i'm feeling more hungry and stuff like that throughout the day so i'm getting the more calories i'm like my weight's just maintaining but it's just finding that extra you know 500 to a thousand calories each day just to do that now so we're just i'm just meeting with the nutritionist and obviously just talking with coach Owen, just trying to find like literally anything <laughs> snickers bars whatever it is like it is just to get those extra calories in throughout the day enjoy that problem while you have it because one day you'll just go over the cliff and then you'll be an old man like you know me and your dad and all these other people that have to deal with that kind of stuff so um so you're heading into year two under craig smith what's the overall vibe around the team yeah i know you got a bunch of new guys in but you've got some really solid returning players as well how's that the team kind of gelling together you know things are great you know Everyone on the team, we we're all really good friends. I think a lot last year we were always say, you know, this team has a great like, chemistry on and off the court. And I feel the same this year, you know, off the court, we're all really good friends. We do a lot of things together. Um, it's not just people on their own. There's no like little clicks within the team. It's just everyone's just, it's just like a huge friend group, which is great. But, you know, on the court as well, uh, it seems a lot better than like things are, are definitely going the right way. Uh, we're all like this team has a bunch of people that want to work and want to get better. And a lot of people that want them that make the right play. It's no, there's no, I don't think there's any selfish player on this team that's thinking we need, I need mine. Oh, this is whatever, whatever it may be. This team just has come together and works together a lot, a lot better than most teams I've been a part of. When you were chatting with the media the other day outside of practice, you mentioned that you're on your third big man coach at Utah, Coach Burgess. What's it been like working with him day in and day out? And how's that relationship kind of building with you? You know, it's great. I love Coach Burgess. You know, we have a great relationship. You know, like, like I said in the, the media day just a little bit ago was, you know, I already had a little bit of a relationship with him when he was recruiting me out of high school. Um, so I already knew him like that. So when he kind of came in, things just kind of clicked a little bit. Uh, faster than how like it did with other coachings coaches when I came in when they came in I used to say but you know things are great with him I love working with him and I think it's you know one thing that is great with working with coach Burgess is he was a big man himself you know all the other coaches that I worked with weren't necessarily big men they were great coaches they knew what they were doing but having coach Burgess having been in, in my shoes and at the U as well you know right different coaching staff but having that experience, you know, it's been great as well because he, he really knows what it's like, like to go up against big men and how to defend other big men, whatever it may be. So we've been able to work a lot on just from what he, he's experienced. Does he have a does he have a go to move that he does or like a thing that he that he that he does that like irritates you, like you know, like throws a forearm into you or hits you with a you know, I don't know. I don't know, basketball practices, right? You know, sticks a broom in your face. Like, does he have any of those, like, go-to moves? No, not really. He's – well, the, I think the, the – kind of kind of on that topic, nothing that is, like, a go-to move, but the other coaches, Coach Tommy Connor and Coach Petey, they weren't – they're not big men. They're six They're six foot, six two, whatever, like, size they were in, you know, maybe 190 or something like that. And so when we go – 
we'd hit them, they'd have the pad and we'd hit them and they could, they would, we could move them out of the way a little bit. Like yeah. trying to send it a little bit, but we, as big, we could move it. But coach Burns is a big guy, six eleven, two, two fifty, two sixty. you know, it's like we go and we hit him and it's like, we're not moving him like as easily. Like we're going to have to, we have to actually hit him hard. And so that's been, that's like not as a go-to move, but yeah, it's just kind of funny. Like I just remember the first day he got here, we were doing it and I kind of went in just like a little softer, like, going like maybe 60% speed and strength or whatever. And then I, he just hit me. I kind of went out of bounds. He's like, Oh my gosh. He's like, he's like, I'm not, he's like, I'm big. Just hit me as hard as you can. So from that, it was like, okay. So, but yeah, so I think that's just kind of on that topic. That's really funny. You're, you're not used to that kind of resistance. It's like you get to go up against, you know, Evan Batty every day in practice now. <laughs> exactly. Speaking of the, the big men, group on the team I mean that other than you that group really kind of turned over guys like Kebiketa and Gavin Baxter and even Luca Tarlek I don't know if he's considered a big or not on the team but what's that been like for you working with those guys you know I know you're, you're just a few days into practice but what's it been like going up against that group in summer workouts and and practice these last few days yeah it's been great they are like you said I mean Gavin hasn't really he hasn't done too much with with us yet because he's He's still recovering from his from his injury, but you know Gavin's been in the gym working a ton. You know he's he's coming along great, and yeah, I think Gavin's going to be big for us. And it's going to be great to to work with him here in a couple of weeks or whenever it is that he gets back. But but yeah, no, it's been great to to work with them. Just different kind of styles of play from you know different bigs from last year, and so you know Kaba is an amazing player. He's got so much potential and. He's he's big and strong, you know. He's there's a big body down there to work with, and you know Ben uh, Ben Carlson. He's been he's been great as well. So it's just it's been good to to just play against different uh, styles of play from these different bigs, and it just kind of helps in helping each other each day as we work with each other and with Coach Burge. Totally forgot about Ben Carlson. That's got to be nice to have another Carlson in the room. So that maybe it's like not you that you're yet they're yelling at, right? Oh yeah, no, it's like I mean it's kind of it's kind of, they don't usually use Carlson, but yeah, it's it's funny like Slocum, Coach Slocum was talking to us the other day. It's like you're Wisconsin Carlson, and then you're just regular Carlson. So just, <laughs> it's kind of getting things going like that. So so what's what's the balance right now that you guys are trying to strike between? you know, teamwork and individual work. I know Craig mentioned that you guys have done a lot of teamwork because there's so many new pieces, but what, what is that balance like for you in, in practice so far? Well, so over the summer, it was a lot of uh, like half and half, like some, some days was just individuals with the bigs. And then the other day, and then the other half was yeah team practices. But right now it's uh, with starting it, it's all team practices and, you know, within that team practice, we probably have, you know, a good 10 to 20 minutes at least of, all right, go into your, your groups of the bigs and three, the threes and fours right here and the ones and twos over here. You know, we still work a lot on just our individual stuff and, and then those like those respective sizes, I guess you'd say. And so it's we still get a lot of skill and development from that. But right now it is still a lot of you know, team building and stuff. So, and when you guys go five on five, is there, is there any kind of incentive? Like, like losers have to clean the gym or, you know, pick up the stuff. Do they, are they, are they, are they doing any of that stuff to get the competitive juices flowing? 
But just running afterwards, running or push-ups, if you, you lose, you usually have, you know, 10 push-ups at least or, you know, two up and two up and down. So. so we're 40 days out from the season starting. What do you guys need to get done during these practices to really get yourselves ready for the season? I think it's hard to pinpoint one thing. I think we're great in a lot of things, and I think those things we're great at still also need a, a lot of work. And so I wouldn't say there's one specific thing right now i think it's i think it's too early to tell what one thing we need to work on i think there's you just got to keep going each day and whatever coaches have planned for that day we just got to give our 100 percent and be locked in whether we're learning new plays or running the same plays just making sure we know those in and out and you know just competing each day working on not turning the ball over or working on boxing out your guys or transition defense like whatever it may be is just focusing on whatever comes each day and just focusing on that drill for that time and getting better at that. All right. Well, fans can follow you on Twitter at BallerBrandon35 and on Instagram at Brandon underscore Carlson35. Brandon, thanks. Looking forward to the next time already and uh, good luck with the practices. Great. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. All right. My thanks to Brandon Carlson for jumping on the podcast for this episode and all season long, I think that's going to be really fun for both him and the fans. If you have questions for Brandon or things that you want to know, DM me at Running Hoops on Twitter. And if you like to support this NIL effort, please do so at Running Hoops on Venmo. One last recruiting item of note, Andre Stojakovic, the son of the NBA great Pages Stojakovic, released his top four schools, and three Pac-12 schools made the cut, UCLA, Stanford, and Oregon, along with Texas. So again, interesting things are happening on the recruiting front in this league. But that is going to do it for this episode of the Running Hoops podcast. I want to thank you, as always, for listening. Give us a follow on Twitter, at Running Hoops, for all your Running Hoops content needs as we head towards the season. But until next time, I'm Andrew Crowley. This is the Running Hoops Podcast, and as always, go use.